you are now politicking with Poe on PoePolitikin.com. I don't know how y'all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Uh, this is James Goy Jr. I'm on the Poe Politikin show. And you can find me at jamesgoijr.com. That's jamesgoyjr.com. And when you come to the website, you can get a free PDF copy of Attract Money Forever and sign up for my free monthly Mind Power and Money Easing. The Poe Politicking Show is brought to you by Audible. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible is great for any continuous learner wanting to grow and expand their knowledge and insight. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and get an audiobook of your choice free with a 30-day trial. After the trial, your paid membership will begin at $14.95 per month. With your membership, you will receive one credit every month, good for an audiobook on Audible. Cancel before your trial ends and you will not be charged. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and download a free book by Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, Damon John, and more. Always remember that knowledge is power. Welcome back to PoePolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you download our app. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud. We're pretty much everywhere you listen to our podcast. We're on iHeartRadio now. So make sure you check us out. I'm now politicking with James Goy Jr. He's rejoining us. He's the author of many metaphysics books. One of his most popular books is How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. How you doing? I'm doing real good. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Been having good feedback from the interviews. So got to do it again. All right, I'm up for it. Cool. So the first question is, uh, I just want to ask you, we kind of talked about it in the first interview, but I just want to ask you your opinion on the science of, of deliberate creation. Right. Well, okay, the science of deliberate creation. Now, is that a, a, a specific teaching or just the general concept? Just the general concept. Okay, great. Yeah, because, uh, let me put that in front of me, uh, science of... Deliberate creation. Right. Right, because, you know, um, and that's a great way to put it. I never really thought of that term. But uh, we we are all creating uh, as we go. And a lot of people mostly work on the material level. So they make plans and goals and, you know, they, they go to school and, you know, try to meet people and things like that. Uh, so... Uh, but a lot of that is their mind power is behind it. So we are deliberately creating all the time. Um, but I mean, if a, a let's say a housewife or a mom makes dinner, she has just deliberately created something. Hmm. But uh, when I think of a term like science of deliberate creation, I think uh, of a higher level of creation where the person participating in the in the creation of their life and their circumstances actually understands that uh, thinking and feeling and speaking and imaging things of this nature are actually creative processes within themselves so and I do like to say that you know we we um, are creators of our own lives but most people are not conscious of the fact of how much uh, they are actually influencing not only their own actions, but also the actions of other people and events and circumstances in general as they affect them. And so when we become conscious of the great power of uh, mind power, really, uh, law of attraction, you know, manifesting techniques, whatever people want to call it, then uh, we can become deliberate creators or uh, deliberate uh, conscious creators in, at, to a much higher level, and we realize we're we're um, able to accomplish a lot more than we would normally think of, and then we can create a lot more. So, science of deliberate creation, uh, with the understanding of mind power behind it, is a, is a is a great uh, way to look at it. Hmm. And then, like I know, a lot of your books focus on money, but pretty much you can use. Uh like mind power for any 
anything you want to manifest, right? Not just money. Like if I want to say fitness or love or whatever, you just have to kind of basically use the same principles, right? Exactly. The uh, the principles, the specific techniques um, are exactly the same for whatever we want to create, attract, accomplish, um, do. Uh, they are the same. And uh, I, I specialize in, in the money uh, for a few reasons. One reason is if you can do it with money, then you can do it with anything because most people have more problem doing it with money than other things. In other words, they, they use law of attraction or mind power and they attract a great relationship or the job they like, but they don't um, uh, necessarily use it to the degree they would like to for money. It doesn't seem to work for them or whatever. So that's one reason. Uh, and by uh, focusing on that, which is a very high desire for a lot of people and a need, a real need, they inadvertently, while applying it for money, learn to use the techniques and they can then just transfer that over to anything, uh, any other endeavor. But the other thing is when they have more money, that opens up a whole new world of possibility because now they have the resources and the um, time and just the wherewithal, you know, the, the more relaxed state of mind when you're not worrying about your bills. So having more money, uh, you know, the, the process of attracting it with mind power is very educational and practical, can be applied to anything, but just the mere fact of having more money opens up so many more avenues of possible endeavor, creativity, and, and living what people would, you know, think as their ideal life, you know, what they would do if they knew they could. And uh, that's, you know, you get all of that when you, but through applying uh, mind power specifically to attract money, it leads to all of those other things. Yeah, and I've been, I've been like, since we, like, I haven't had a lot of money coming in since we last talked, but I'll, I've been doing these two things, so, uh, the first thing I've been doing, I've been doing it for like probably a month and a half. I have a gratitude list. So I have a spreadsheet, and each day I write down three things I'm grateful for. So I just keep doing that. So now I got like 100 things I'm grateful for. But the next thing I'm doing is a prosperity list. So I, you start with $1,000, and then you write down like how you spend that. one. Like whatever you write, like you get $100,000 a day, but then you have to come up with a way to spend it. Then the next day you get $2,000, you have to come up with a way to spend it. So I'm up to like uh, – $50,000. But then the, the game basically showed me that money is not important as I think it is. Because it's like, what? okay, because you can only buy so much material stuff. And it's like, okay, what's the real, what do you really want? So I guess that's what the game can't, the game is helping me with. But, yeah, I just had a lot of money just flowing in, man, from all angles. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a great, and that's a great insight, too, that you, you realize that while playing that game that, there's only so many things that, you know, you, you really want or something. But to me, the biggest thing that money uh, gives me is freedom. Right. That's it. And, and if a person doesn't have their own time to spend their time the way they want to, then they're not really free. And to me, that's what money is. But you, you know, saying free, I, freedom from work or... Yeah, well, free, freedom to spend your time how you choose to spend it. And, you know, a lot of people have jobs that they love mm -hmm. uh, or businesses and all of that, and that's great. Um, but if, the, if people are doing things that they really wouldn't do unless they were making, getting paid for it, and they are doing it specifically for that reason, and there's no way that they would go to that place and do that thing for free, and a lot of people don't even really overly enjoy or enjoy their jobs at all. A lot of people hate their jobs. Then you're not free. Now, when I when I broke free of, of the work world, having to go out and do jobs that I just didn't care all that much about because I had to have money to pay the bills that month, I was, um, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I was, uh, as a household, $50,000 in credit card debt. Mm -hmm. And I quit my job. And I bowed to the other uh, two members in the family, and I said that we, I, I will never work another job. Now, I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm going to lose my cart soon, $50,000 in credit card debt, borrowing from the cards to pay the cards, and quitting my job. Um, but I focused my mind power, and I did uh, everything I was you know, writing about because I was working on a book, How to Attract My Easy Mind Power. I had already been working on it 
for more than uh, for about eight years at that time. And uh, but within two within uh, three months, two six-figure windfalls came in the house. And I have been free ever since. But what I like to point out to people is number one, that was a great big uh, money miracle, two six-figure windfalls. But it came on the heels of the lowest point. That's my lowest financial point in my entire life, uh, dollar-wise, has been the $50,000 in the red without uh, earning enough each month to even meet basic expenses, so borrowing more each month. That was my lowest point, and it led to one of my greatest uh, mind power and money um, miracles. So, uh, but I claimed, that this is what I want to tell people, you know, they think, well, when I have enough money, then I'll be able to spend my time how I want. Or when I have enough money, I'll, I'll be able to quit that job. Or And I'm not telling people to quit their jobs because that takes a lot of faith and it takes a lot of mind power to, to pull it off. But I claimed my freedom at the lowest financial point in my life and quit the only job the household had at the lowest financial point of our lives. And that's like... Um, Let's see, 2007, that's like 10, 10, 11 years ago, something like that. Uh, about a year later, I published my book, How to Attract My Easy Mind Power. But I claimed it first, and then I just started living it. And so I have been free since that day, even though I was still in debt for the next month or, or more or whatever, and, and all of that uh, on me. But I started to basically act as if. I mean, that's a chapter in uh, How to Attract My Easy Mind Power, the, the powerful process of acting as if. So, I, And I thought, well, you know, I really want to be a self-help author. And in my mind, what does such a person do? Well, they stay home and they write books. They spend their time writing books and, and uh, you know, on social media and whatever they have to do with all of that. And I said, well, fine, great. That's what I'm going to do starting right this moment. I didn't, I didn't even go, I didn't give, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give, even though I was a very responsible person, I couldn't give notice to the work, I went into immediate silence for 10 days, I didn't even talk on the phone for the next uh, year, and I wasn't on the internet, so even with my family, mother, father, sister, it was only snail mail for communication when we'd been used to having, you know, calls on a regular basis, um, but I knew that that was a turning point in my life, but I also knew that if I wasn't careful, I could lose it. I could lose my faith. I could lose just that that resolve to do this thing no matter what. And so I completely, you know, that's one of the times in my life when I started, uh, you know, stopped shaving and cutting my hair and all. I did shave and cut my hair since then, but of course you can see I've grown it back. Um, but that was a defining uh, moment in my life. I, I just applied what I was learning. I burned my ships I burn my bridges behind me and uh, and here I am I'm it's a, and so to wrap it back around to what we're talking about I am free I am one of the few people I personally know who is really free especially from you know before I got in and started uh, meeting other authors and stuff because I do exactly what I want every single day of my life every minute of my life there's nothing I have to do there's nowhere I have to be I literally stay home because I'm basically a, a relative recluse at this time in my life for months at a time. I've gone three months without even leaving my own property. And why? Because I can. Because there's nowhere I have to be. There's nothing I have to do. I don't ever have to set an alarm clock. So I have hmm. gained what to me is freedom. And that is, you know, life is precious. You know, I'm 59 years old. And uh, uh, who knows how much more time I have. I know I have decades upon decades uh, upon decades, I like to think, because I live very healthy and I have a lot of health knowledge and whatnot. Um, but life is precious. Every minute is precious. And I get up every day and spend every minute of every day doing things that I'm passionate about and that I want to do. To me, that's complete freedom. Hmm. I'm free. I'm free. And then when you you were saying um, earlier, you was talking about like using your mind power and focusing. So, like, is that like all the time you're thinking like that, or is it like a certain number of hours a day, or are you just constantly focused on your mind like throughout the day, like I guess like eighteen hours a day. Right, and it, but it's not like a person might think where it's uh, like a chore mm -hmm. um, or even hard because you most people think uh, counter. Uh, 
you know, they, they think in a negative way, counterproductively. They think of things they don't want, and they have fear, they have the wrong emotions and the wrong images in their minds. They speak the wrong words, speak as if. It's another very important technique I teach. And, um, but you get to the point where it's uh, the normal way. It's normal for you. So basically, I tell people, mind power is not really a like a hobby, it's not something you do like, you know, you do your meditation in the morning and then at night or you do visualization in the morning or something or your affirmations a couple times a day. Mind power is not a hobby for me. It's a way of life. And so everything, I, I know and recognize that everything that happens is going to happen on a particular day or, or five years from now based on what I'm thinking today and imagining today and the plans and goals and dreams, every single thought, Every single feeling has power. And so I walk, I live in almost a, just a, an awake meditative state for all of my waking hours. And I'm very aware also in my sleeping hours. I was on a, a show last, last night and I talked about lucid dreaming and I had a lucid dream last night without even trying where you become aware in your dreams that you're dreaming. So I'm very conscious and I, I can't, you know, sit there and, you know, like get angry or mad or fearful or think of bad things without immediately realizing I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And I have the knowledge to know that, oh, oh, I'm, you know, if I do that, I'm attracting bad things to myself. So it, it's immediately nipped in the bud. It's like an automatic reflex. It's not even like, it's like if you put your hand near the stove and the flame's hot, you automatically pull it back. You don't even have to think of it. So if something happens that in my older day, uh, younger days, would have kind of like uh, got me hot under the collar or upset me or whatever. Uh, now it's like the hand, the finger going near the flame. I just immediately pull it back without even thinking about it. So yes, um, the mind power practice as I live it is um, all of my waking hours and even you know in my in my REM sleep when I'm conscious and actually dreaming and whatnot um, to a degree. Um, but certainly I'm on because you, when you start, when you get used to this, it becomes your habitual way of thinking and you just think this way and feel this way and image this way and speak this way all the time. It's just a normal thing. So from when I wake up to when I go to bed, I'm in a creative mode. I'm aware of my thoughts and feelings and the images and the words I'm speaking and, and to the best of my degree, which is a, a very high degree, uh, at this uh, late juncture that I've been at this for so long, for decades, it's almost it's almost all creative and positive in nature, and very little of anything that's going to tend to attract anything that I don't want. And if there is even anything like that pokes its head out, even briefly, as an automatic reflex, I immediately turn away from that towards what I want. But that's with decades of practice. Uh, of living what I call the mind power, you know, way of life, really. Yeah, I was going to say, so how long you been doing it? Right. How many, how well, many years? I'm 59 years old. Yeah, I'm 59 years old. I found my first books uh, along subjects of these lines in my very early 20s. So from there, you got the 20s. Uh, let's say I was maybe 22 or something. Let's just use that as a reference point. It's about in there. 32, 42 Let's see, 22, 32, 42, 52. So in another, let's say, three years, I've been at this for 40 years, that, yeah. that I've had this knowledge and have been, and have been uh, practicing it to different degrees, learning about it, uh, and now you know, writing about it, uh, uh, teaching about it. Uh, I don't do that at this time, but you know, in uh, younger days, uh, even as far back as more than 30 years ago, I was uh, out on the... Um, <coughs> New Age bookstore circuit in uh, San Diego, all, all the, around San Diego, South County, East County, you know, San Diego, North County, lived over in Sedona, Arizona. That was decades ago, and I was teaching this kind of thing. So it's really, uh, it's in my blood. It's just inextricably uh, part of who I am. I live my life in a completely different way than the average person on the street, and I live my life as far as, as being a practitioner of mind power to a higher degree than most people who are students of the subject because most people are just up and down and their faith wavers and they, you know, they get fearful and, um, and then they try to use the techniques to overcome that. But I like to tell people, you know, take heart. If you really, really 
make this like a lifestyle where you realize when you really get that every single thought, every single feeling, every single word out of your mouth and every single image in your uh, mind has creative potential. It has power behind it. The potential to bring that thing or things like it into your experience. When you really get that, then... Um, and, and not a lot of people get it to that degree where they really, really get it and make it a top priority in their life. But when you do, you will train yourself to be on your game almost nonstop. And when you get down the road enough uh, away, you don't even have to try. It's just normal. Before it was normal for you to just think negative all the time and look at the what you don't want and to be fearful and all like a lot of people. And now... When you get down to you know where I'm at, it's you're always on all the time. The, the the creative mechanism, the thoughts, the feelings, the words, the images are always, almost always positive in nature because that's what you've trained yourself to do. And you know, in the beginning, it takes discipline. But the thing about discipline is, the more you use discipline, the less you need it right. because then habit starts to kick in. So we tend to do what we tend to do. So the more you think positive, the more habitual it becomes. The less the less, uh, you know, it's like uh, running, you know, and I ran for a little while, not ever any races or anything, but when I was uh, uh, back in New Jersey, maybe 17 years old, I got into running. And, you know, at first I had to really push myself to get out there, you know, and stuff. And But then um, habit takes over. And, you know, people who are really runners, I mean, they get up and they just, they get those sneakers on, you know, they get that, that uh, sweatshirt on or whatever, rain, snow heat, whatever, and they're out there. Whatever their routine is, they're out there. Why? People think, oh, they got such great self-discipline. They do that every day. No. They used self-discipline for long enough for habit to kick in. Now it's just habit. Now it's automatic. And that's how positive thinking is, if you want to call it positive thinking or uh, positive mind power application. That's how that is for me. It's habit now. Hmm. It's automatic. What do you call it? PMA, positive mental attitude? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I've been, I started, I've been doing it for like 10 years, so I hope I can be like you one day, but I started like 26, I'm 36, so, yeah. Yeah, well, that's good, that's a good young age, that's a good young age, and I was, uh, uh, I didn't start 20 years before that, so you're on a, you're on a good road. Thank you, and then I was, uh, I know you, you were part of the Think and Grow Rich, that documentary, right? Right, Yeah. and I, yeah, I give a I give a testimonial. Um, there's, I'm not one of the like the main teachers that's in the the movie part of the movie. There's ten people, different entrepreneurs and teachers and things that are uh, in the in the at the end of the movie, and it's a great segment there. Uh, the credits roll for a little bit, but then this uh, they start bringing in these people, and so I got to have um, like a solid. Uh, I was interviewed for 45 minutes, I guess it was, uh, and we ended up with uh, 45 seconds, which is a lot of time in a movie that's only like 90 minutes long. I mean, that's almost a minute. That's almost one of those minutes. And they got a lot, 25 or more teachers that they that they interviewed, plus the people that, with the testimonials, plus all of the reenactments and stuff. So I'm very happy with it. I have seen it. And... Uh, I'm just really blessed to be a part of that because the Think and Grow Rich, as um, far as I can remember, all these years back is the first book that I got that really told, showed me that I could actually use my mind. I can use my mind to change my circumstances and to attract money. Mm-hmm. And so, to all these years later, to be an author on these subjects and to then be in that movie, and you know, I tell people when you're on the right track, you'll just be guided. And the way that came about is I had contributed something to, um, um, well, uh, I probably am not at liberty to talk about it, but let me say this. The, the way it came about was magical. I mean, even the fact that I heard about it when I did and knew there was an opportunity that maybe I could get into it, it was like just a, a little, uh, things had to happen that don't normally happen. I had to get on the internet and do things that I don't normally do, and uh, it all led to, um, to me being in that movie. And it was just an uh, amazing experience. It, it's like you, it's like synchronicity. It's like something that you just know was meant to be. And so to be in that movie, 
you know, it's sanctioned by the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and it's got amazing people in it. You know, Barbara Corcoran from the Shark Tank, and uh, uh, Bob, uh, Rob Deerdeck, Bob Proctor. I mean, to have any part in that is just an amazing, you know, um, uh, a wonderful, you know, thing that I'm really grateful for. I, was, I don't know how true, if you heard of this, but I heard that they, uh, like the, the book, Think and Grow Rich, they took the word vibration out like 36 times. Did you hear that? Oh, wow. Yeah, they said no, they, they took the word out. That's what, because uh, I listened to a lot of like Jerry and Esther Hicks, and that's what they were saying. They said they took the word vibration, because I guess he found the original manual one, and he said they took the word right. vibration out 36 times. So even before it was published the first time? Yeah. Probably, Yeah. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, even now, I, I listen to some teachers and on these types of subjects. And, you know, some of my other books, you written, you mentioned I've written other books, Aware, Power, Functioning, Advanced Manifesting, Made Easy, The God Function, God Function. I mean, these books are very, very deep, and they don't really, you know, spiritually, and they don't pull any punches. But I notice with some teachers, and this isn't bad or good, it's just their, how they operate. But I notice that they... Words, I can tell that they know more than they're saying, but they're careful about what they say because they don't want to alienate too many people or blow them out of the water. Hmm. And so I'm not really surprised to hear that because a word like vibration way back in the 30s, you know, it sounds a little uh, airy fairy, you know, metaphysical or whatever. Whereas, you know, Think and Grow Rich, even though it covers the, the mind and all of that, it's very practical with planning and networking, you know, mastermind groups and all of this. Um, so I'm not surprised to hear that, but I've never heard that. I'm glad you told me that because that's a that's an important piece of history that mm -hmm. that, that word was replaced uh, with one or more other words. Yeah. And I was going to ask you too, because uh, I know you have a lot of books, but do you plan on doing like audio books and putting your stuff on Audible? Yes, I do. Yeah, because I, 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 I listen mostly audio books. Right, right, and I, I do need to get to that, so that's a good reminder. Yeah, I plan on putting uh, most of, if not all of them, uh, into Audible and that, that whole thing. Right now, they're all available as uh, Kindle eBooks and as print books, but I definitely want to do that as well. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll ask you too, so say like... Uh, I don't know, like me, like I'm going through, I just going through a divorce recently. So how is it like, you know, people going through stuff like that? How can you just like, I guess, reset and kind of get back, you know, because it's hard not to think about stuff like that. Right. It is, especially when you're going through it. And uh, the thing is, when we get along in life and we get on the other side of experiences like that, you know, experiences where we lose jobs, experiences where, you know, just it could be anything. And it's, it's really hard, and it seems uh, like a negative thing and all, but how many times have we heard people say, you know, that was the hardest thing I ever went through or whatever, or at the time I thought it was the most terrible thing that could happen, but now I look back and I see that it was a, the best thing that ever happened to me. It mm -hmm. led to me having you know, this job or it led to me meeting that person. And I believe in a concept I call divine order. I believe that if we're good people and we're working in the light, you know, uh, for truth and, and good things, and we're moving decisively forward, that everything will be in divine order for us. And no matter what it looks like in the moment. So I can look back at when I was, uh, our family uh, household there was $50,000 in credit card debt. And that was like the worst scenario. I mean, within a couple of months, we probably would have been just been out. The cards would have, you know, you can't borrow only to a certain level on your cards and they monitor and they see how much money you're borrowing. So they would have got wind of that pretty quick. And uh, that was the lowest time of my life. The worst thing that you can imagine being $50,000 in credit card debt and just not making enough money to even pay your own bills and eat, much less pay off your cards. But it was the single greatest thing as far as my professional life and financial life that ever could have happened to me because it caused me to dig in and so and you know create something from that moment forward a completely different life and so I tell people that yeah these things are hard um, but when you know you might get down the road five years from now look back and you know and say well you know that really wasn't the right uh, relationship or now I've met the real woman of my dreams that I think I'll be the rest of my life and all of that I like to tell people 
you know, hindsight is easy to look back and say, oh, yeah, that was a great thing. But how about using it now? How about when we go through things now and we're right in the thick of it to just remind ourselves of other things that we thought were bad that turned out good and say, you know what, I don't know how or why, but this is working toward my best good also. This is in divine order. And I recognize divine order just as a natural fact, but also as a mind power practitioner, I realized that having that mindset that everything is in divine order and will work out for the best actually helps to make that true also. So it's a chicken or the egg kind of a thing, but I, I completely believe in that. And uh, of course, when you know things negative are going on and we, we can't stop thinking about them and things, that's the time to train yourself to think of other things, to yeah. think of positive things. Even if it's that person, think of a good time and not a fact that that it's uh, that it's over. Think of the how it was, you know, the good points when it was going on, and then now this is. Um, and just tell yourself that you know uh, everything works out for my best good, and this is for my best good too, even though it doesn't feel like it in the yeah. moment. That'll help make it that. But I think and really believe that at a at a uh, deeper spiritual level, that that's really the truth. Anyway. Yeah, I think with me too. Like I was like. Um I was focusing on what I want, so I was focused on, like, how I want my spouse to be and stuff. Like, because they say don't focus on the negative, just focus on what you want. So then I just start focusing on it, and all this happened. So I was looking at it like that, too. Like, that's why it happened, because I need to bring in what I want. <laughs> so, yeah, it's right. interesting that you say that. Right, right. For new things to come in, uh, sometimes other things have to uh, give way because there's, there's no room. And... Uh, it's hard to know all of the whys and wherefores in the short term, but certainly when when we look back on a lot of these situations, we're we're just really grateful for the things that that hurt at the time, but we're better off uh, later on uh, personally for that. And usually, when you know when things are in divine order, really the the beauty of it is that I recognize that it's better for everyone. So if you're in that mindset and if that's what's going to be the truth, it's not only going to be good for you, it's the best thing for her too. Yeah. Because when, when, the, you, when you allow the universe to orchestrate the circumstances and you, and you allow the universe to guide you and to work things out and you trust that process, the universe doesn't ever make one person gain by causing undue loss to another person. In other words, the universe, God, whatever people want to call it, is is so intelligent that, um, and it's it's basically an automatic mechanism. We don't have to look at it as some all-seeing, all-knowing, you know, personality. But the mechanism itself is just it does not make mistakes, and uh, everyone benefits. And 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 I say. Uh, you know, for instance, that the universe won't cause uh, one person to gain through an undue loss to another person. And I, I use that word undue because sometimes someone else does have some loss coming that they've earned. Uh, they could be someone who cheats people financially or whatever. So the universe might help you and you end up with money and some other person loses money. But if you really look at the situation from a holistic view, it's not undue loss. They had that coming. But so with that caveat to, to, to explain, you know, that part of it, um, everything works out still in divine order. No one gains from anyone else's undue loss or unearned or undeserved loss. And uh, when we live in that um, consciousness, life becomes magical. I mean, every day is a journey of just awe-inspiring coincidences and and intuitions and gut feelings and knowings and, uh, uh, you know, conditions and, and, and other people's actions just all coming into line with what we want to uh, have be the truth of our lives. And anybody or anything that affects our lives, they, they tend to morph and to modify what they are to fit into what we are creating. So if these things or people or circumstances are going to affect us, we're in a creative state where we're creating that they're going to affect us in a positive way. And it's a magical uh, process. And there's much less, uh, there's still work involved. I mean, as an author, I have to study publishing and I 
you know, have to keep up on things and, and do radios and make sure, uh, radio interviews, make sure I'm present at those times and work on new books. But I love all of it, so none of it actually feels like work. But so much of what happens to bring my life uh, vision into, um, you know, reality, it's not even done by me. It's other people. It's an email I'll get out of the blue. I mean, many years ago, when I first published my book, I thought it would be really great to have a book interview, but I, I barely even knew how to use my, a book uh, trailer, you know, like a little video for my book. <laughs> and uh, I right away I got a, um, uh, out of the blue, someone from over across the pond, they call it, over in England, I think she was, um, volunteered. She likes my book and she volunteered. She's learning how to make, uh, you know, book trailers and stuff, and she'll practice on my book. Oh. She'll make me a free video. Wow. You know, and uh, then I wanted to get on, because uh, when I first got on the Internet, I was on this little um, uh, website for writers and readers that my publisher had. The website's no longer there, but I thought, you know, I'd like to get on um, uh, MySpace. I think it was, yeah, MySpace was the first one, I think. And uh, this um, person there said, uh, you know, you, you know how you have messages back uh -huh. and forth? the website like you do on Facebook. Yeah, James, do you have a MySpace page? No. Oh, I don't know how to do it, you know, and this, oh, well, it's real easy. I'll help you. As a matter of fact, I'll set the page up for you. And they set the page up for me huh. and say, hey, you know, here's how you log in and everything and off and running. So things like that, um, just that's the norm for me. But I told you, I told you how I found you, right? Because um, I, went, I went to, uh, I went to Abraham, I went and saw, uh, uh, Esther Hicks, she was out here, and I was driving home, and I was like, man, I said, I want to interview somebody like that, and then, like, the next day, I was on Amazon, I was on her books, and I just scrolled down, and I saw you, and I was like, let me email him, <laughs> and, yeah. Right, so I, right. It's just see, like, that's, sometimes that's, you got to put the thought out there. That's right. That thought has power. Thoughts go out, and they attract back the, the nature, substance, or subject of of that thought and a lot of times it just does not take a lot of time there you are the next day you're running into the type of person on amazon that you were thinking you would like to uh interview and then there there it was it's synchronicity it's it's mind power at work and then what what books are you reading right now I'm actually not reading anything uh the most recent books i read were more on uh, uh marketing you know, a mm -hmm. book, uh, book uh, there's a guy named Ryan Holiday, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to think the last, because uh, I'm more in a writing mode now, like I just recently wrote a book, um, I, I guess just a couple few weeks ago, and uh, I'll tell you about that. I was on Amazon, and I was poking around, looking at my books, looking at some other books, and I saw this book title, and I won't tell the titles because I never give my titles until the books are published. Um, but I saw this book title and my mind immediately added in, let me think, I, I think I changed, I used a part of the title, but I changed a word, mm -hmm. um, a key word. And I thought, wow, that would be a great title. And then I thought, oh, well, I'm going to write that book. And then I thought, this is completely out of the blue now. Uh, I was just poking around on Amazon like I do sometimes. So then I, I thought, oh, that'd be a great title. Then I thought, oh. I'm going to write that book. I just knew. And then, and then the thought came in, oh, I have to start right now. I immediately pulled up a Word document, started typing, and before I knew what happened, I had five chapters. Huh. And the next day I wrote another two, next day another three, next day another three, as I could get to them. And so I had this book, which is an amazing book. I read it out loud to, to my life partner, Kathy, and she thinks it's as good or better than anything I've written so far. But I had no idea to write a book. You know, there was no outline or anything. I had no idea really where the book was going as I was writing it. I had no idea at the end of each chapter what the next chapter would be about. But I was given the title or, or whatever right at the end um, of the one chapter. And then I know what to what the title of the next chapter. It was just really uh, bizarre. And I wrote a book. So I'm more in a... Um, in a creative mode as, as opposed to like a study mode right now or anything like that. And then I, I'll be writing another one very soon. I came up um, the uh, 
just within a very short time of that, I thought, well, I'd like to write another book. And then this one's going to be different because that one I just had a title and ran. And this one I came up with, um, it's going to be a two-part book. And it's going to be four steps to such and such, which I won't say yet. And so part one is the basics. It's six chapters of, um, and, and the titles just came to me, boom, 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 boom. And then part two is the steps, and there's four uh, chapters in that. And I know that that book is somehow magically just sitting there waiting to be written because this the, the title and all the chapter titles and the part titles it just dropped into my mind. I, I wrote this little thing right here with the with the thing in just uh just like a minute it just was there and so that's that's the mode i'm in right now to uh get some some uh more books going and then uh, you i'll say you said a term that I, I don't hear a lot of people say you said life partner right yeah kathy yeah 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 but, because but we, we've been together for 30 she's my spiritual counterpart or life partner but we're not married. We don't have children, but we've been together for 35 or more years. We we met in our uh, in our uh, 20s and mm -hmm. been together ever since. Yeah, and we'll be writing books together too. I was talking to her about uh, an idea for one uh, because we've been through a lot of uh, very amazing spiritual. Yeah, and she got to see it all. Well, she's involved in it too. Mm. She's a she's a medium in her okay. own right. And uh, she doesn't do it professionally, but, you know, she talks to dead people, angels, the whole nine yards. And, and uh, we, um, we had this experience when we were both living out in Sedona, Arizona, where we participated in, a, in an exorcism of a demon out of a young woman. And, uh, well, I mean, we didn't participate in it. We, we did it. I tell in interviews, I say I participated in it. And what I usually uh, have been said before is that, well, Kathy was the other person. So Kathy and I... Um, did this exorcism and so I was telling her just a few minutes ago you know we should just sit down and write that you know just sit down together and and I would uh, you know we would refresh each other's memory as I type and I think that might be a, a book coming up too but we've had so many amazing experiences you know a lot of uh, actually all of my other books um, uh, maybe attract money forever is in the first person you know, where I say would, would use a word like I or me, but all of the other books are like third person kind of a thing. They're just straight teachings or whatever. But some of these books coming up now, like with the the, uh, the uh, exorcism, they'll just be, you know, me. Like I did this and back in such and such, we were, whatever. And uh, so that'll be a whole new type of writing for me, writing. In first uh, person. In first person of personal experiences, things that I've actually um, experienced, seen, been through, and there's been a lot of just uh, divine intervention, mind power miracles, occult activity, demons. I would say, did you see the? People. Did you uh, see the demon leave the body? Um, it, I don't see exactly like Kathy sees, but she she can see those things, yeah, mm. and see the family members come in from above. You know, they look like angels, but they're actually family members. And, uh, and all of that, I actually um, held the demon um, in my body uh, at, during a certain part of, because we just have, like, we never read about how to do exorcisms, but Kathy's good at helping dead people go over and all of that. She's been doing that since she's a very young girl, just natural thing, or we'll be out in public and, and uh, see a dead person around someone and go give them a message or something. But... Um, uh, I actually held the demon in my body. There was a certain very crucial part of that whole thing, and it was in me. But something that had happened to me where I actually got a demon in me uh, when uh, before I got together with Kathy, um, shortly before, and, uh, and I had to wrestle with that thing for, like, whatever it was, a week or so. Um, that, but that prepared me. That prepared me. You know, you look at that as a negative thing to have a run-in with a real demon who other people who were in the know that I told, I mean, one, one person who was extremely spiritual and knew about all this stuff, she was a practitioner of Ekinkar and all of this, and she worked where I worked, boss's wife, and I told her about it, and she went home. She said she'll meditate on it that night, and she came back the next day, and she said, you know, it came to me. She says, I saw it. I was in the bathtub, and that thing came to me. She said, I'm sorry. 
I can't help you. This thing is just too, too vicious, too mean, too evil. It looked like a wolf with fangs and everything else. She said, I never dealt with anything like that, and I can't, I can't do it. And so it was really bad. Uh, there was a girl, I, I was running a phone room for appointment setting for a social introduction service, like a high-priced dating service, you know, where you, the programs are six, $700, and we set the appointments for the, uh, the counselors to go out in the field and sign people up. And a girl came into um, my, and, and actually, I'm reminding myself, I need to write this up, too, because it's, it's an amazing story. But um, a girl came there, and she had only worked there a couple of days or whatever, short time. And she asked me for a ride one night, um, if I could give her a ride home. And she lived down in San Ysidro, uh, uh, south of San Diego, right on the border. And I drove her home, and it's a long story, but... She had a demon in her. She was talking in another voice, a deep male voice at one point. I mean, just like you would see in like The Exorcist or something. And uh, that thing got in me. And it was hell getting it out. Yeah. But then, those, uh, those years later in Sedona, that actually prepared me to be able to hold a demon inside of myself <laughs> while Kathy was doing all the necessary work because she was going into a past life and who that demon, the demon was actually a human being who had lived before, but they, their anger and hatred, the reason the girl came to us for the, for the exorcism is that she, the thing had been following her, chasing her, trying to kill her for years. And she said the day before it pushed her, in other words, you know, in her body or whatever, it made her lurch forward off the curb right in front of when a bus was coming and she almost got hit by a bus um and that what what drove her we were teaching at the time at a new age center there in sedona and it's a big mecca for spiritual things even yeah. though it's a small area and a small population in and of itself but like a million people a year go through there or something and that's why how she found us that's how she ended up coming to us but that experience that some years before with my own demon running, that prepared me for what I had to do in that. So there's, you know, I'm an independent publisher. I own a thousand ISBNs in my own name. And, you know, for anyone who knows uh, publishing, you use a different ISBN for each edition of a book. So you write a book, you put it in Kindle, you put it in print, maybe you put it in, in, uh, 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 audio book, well that could be three ISBNs for one book, but I have a lifetime goal of uh, writing 300 books, and I've got no lack of material, no lack of ideas, no lack of, exper uh, of experiences to draw from or anything like that, it's just getting to it and doing it, and I'm, I'm starting to get in that mode now, because even though I just recently published nine books uh, in October, How to Attract Money Using Mind Power being a republish from, from before, um, I, hadn't actually, I haven't actually written a book, a new book, until just last week, or, or well, a few weeks ago. I haven't actually written a new book since 2011, so many years have passed since I've even written a book. But, I, but now I'm starting to come back into that, um, that creative mode, and I know the books are going to be just like this book here. It just, I, I wasn't even planning it. Four days later, I had what is really a, a pretty amazing book. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so how can, um, I guess two questions, how can people protect themselves with demons, and then how did you get that demon out? So I guess maybe right. the first question, how did you get a demon out, then answer, like, how can you protect yourself with demons? Right. Well, the way I got the demon out was quite interesting. Uh, I didn't actually do it in and of myself. I had a friend, and he um, uh, had a girlfriend. And she was um, a born-again uh, Christian. She was really into Jesus and all of this. And he said, you know, uh, well, you know, go talk to, you know, so-and-so. And I said, well, she's, you know, she's one of those born-again Christians. I mean, what's she going to do or whatever? But um, she had me over to her house and her and her uh, boyfriend, her new boyfriend, because the other person wasn't actually her boyfriend any longer. Um, they were both born-again Christians, and they prayed over me. And I didn't really think, you know, 
anything of it, but they removed that demon from me. They prayed. They prayed to their concept of God, Jesus, whatever, and they brought in the power to get rid of that. Now, the thing is, that thing still knows where I am. That thing knows everything about me. When I was in the trailer, I don't know if you ever heard of the EST training way back in the early 80s, Werner Earhart, Earhart seminar trainings, and there was never every, any advertising, but people would tell people and bring them in. And it was a trans, transformative type of two weekends and uh, Wednesdays on either end and in the middle. And um, But I had done that, and this demon knew that I had, the demon in the girl talking to me through the girl in the man's voice knew that I had not only knew that I had done est and that girl had not done est and didn't know anything about est. Not only did that demon know that I had done est, but that demon took everything I had thought I had learned and to that point in my life and in the est training and flipped it around to make it. To, to actually make a point for him. What the whole thing was is the, inter the demon interviewed me and was telling me how much more power I could have because I was just starting to get into the spiritual stuff. I had done the S training. I was into this mind power thing. And this demon actually tried to uh, recruit me to the dark side and offered me all of this power and used my understanding of... of uh, of energy and mind power and the S training and just flipped it around and showed how it was just a, a slight change of perspective and it, everything this demon said really, really through the girl really made sense, perfect sense the way it explained it because, you know, they're very intelligent beings. Um, and uh, so anyway, that's how it got into me. And uh, or that's how I got it, got it out of me was basically these two born again Christians prayed it out of me. And uh, and what I wanted to say though, it, this still does come back from time to time, but it can't really touch me. Like when I was talking about it, I tuned into it. And whenever you think of a person dead or alive or whatever, there's actually an energetic connection. It can't be any other way. There's only energy and consciousness at the the deeper level of reality. But, but it's almost like a fly, you know, like a gnat comes by your ear or a fly buzzes around your head. That, it's that sort of thing with that. It can't, it can't touch me. Still knows where I am, though, and all of that. But for people to protect themselves from demons, I mean, that's a, a big subject. I'm going to write a book about it. Uh, I've, I'm already planning that. And um, not just demons, but dead people. I mean, you know, uh, all of these disincarnate uh, beings and positive beings, too, can influence us. But people often um, can attract demons by vibrating on levels that demons vibrate on. In other words, demons, in my experience and to my knowledge, they're very hate-filled. They're very um, aggressive. They are very power-hungry. They're very angry. They carry a lot of resentment, mm -hmm. hatred, uh, and uh so when, when a person actually um, does that, when a person expresses their energy in that way, you can and will, just like however you express your energy, you'll attract um, you know, people that vibrate with that. If, they're, if you're positive, you, you seem to attract other positive people um, and things like that. Well, you will actually attract uh, forces like that. To you. So one of the best ways to protect yourself from demons, first of all, is try not to be afraid of them because they're really not that, they're not the big bad wolves that you think they are. I mean, I got one that'll buzz around me anytime I think about it or sometimes just come of its own volition, but it can't, it can't touch me because it has no power over me. And I know that I've already gained back my independence and I'll never lose it again. I know, I know what the situation is. So when people that are being to, to protect themselves is to think in positive ways, godlike ways. You want to attract angels and things like that? Well, think benevolent thoughts. Think love, harmony, peace. Um, and, and this is not unknown by some people really in the know, is that even um, a lot of people's actions, like Kathy, I, said, I told you she's a medium. Well, she actually, um, there was a woman that came to one of our classes in the early years, and she had a, a really bad gambling problem, but she'd never had a gambling problem before. But her father had died and he had a gambling problem. Well, he was attached to her. She was gambling for him. He was gambling through her. Kathy helped to separate him, to move him on. Boom, end of gambling problem. 
And so what I want to point out, not just demons, but dead people, they can actually influence our actions. They can actually act through us. You know, when you go down to a bar where, or, or something where people always meet and drink, you know, day after day, well, there's disincarnate beings there that maybe they even went to that particular bar, but you're vibrating on the same level, you're bringing them in. Not only can they vicariously feel the experience of drinking through you, but they can make you desire to drink. And once they know who you are, they can find you even when you leave the bar. I believe that uh, certain murders are uh, committed, and I'm not the only one that believes this and knows this as a fact, really, that um, when you open yourself up to that anger and all of that, another force that's vibrating at that level then, then come in and influence you. And, you know, we've all heard of people who just go berserk and kill people and they actually have no uh, memory afterwards of, of the incident. And that can absolutely be true because it wasn't the person. I know what demonic possession is because I was possessed for a short time in my early 20s. And when they get in, you don't know who's thinking. You don't, you know, and they think, you think. They think thoughts of violence, and it seems like you're thinking them, but it's not you. Yeah. And so people need to stay on a high level, a high vibration. That's how to protect yourself from demonic forces, but also don't be afraid of them because they can they can feed in, and that's, that's a line in also. But really, live a spiritual life and live in divine order. Uh, cultivate light and spiritual protection. And you, you can not be affected by that. But average people who don't know anything about all of this spiritual stuff, uh, if they vibrate at those types of levels and something gets attached to them, then all bets are off. It might be something as simple as a dead person that was a drug addict and all of a sudden, or a gambler, like I talked about. Um, the average person on the street, a lot of, it could be a loved one, you know, I've heard stories, maybe you have, of people who, uh, they lose a loved one, and then, you know, before you know it, they find themselves eating what the favorite food of that person was. Uh. Well, that's because the person is still with them, and they're feeling those desires because the, the auras, the minds are intertwined. So you want to be as spiritually, um, you know, self-contained as possible and come to know, you know, the average person on this planet at this time not all of their thoughts are their own. And, and it can be from living people as well. Thoughts are, are powerful and they can affect us. And that's why, you know, spiritual autonomy and becoming a, a um, you know, a strong individual in spirit is very important because it, as a natural consequence, you're, you are um, protecting yourself from all of these other types of forces um, and influences that would lead you down roads that you wouldn't normally choose for yourself. Yeah, I remember one time I had um, I had got with this girl, and then I just felt like like slept with her. But I felt like all this like negative energy, and I felt some. It was just like a funk. It took like at least a month or two to get it off of me. <laughs> right, right. I actually had an experience one time in my younger days when I was with with a woman uh, intimately, and her face changed into another woman that I know. Her face it completely changed into it, and I started talking to that other person. And, uh, and then the person I was with was there and said, well, what are you calling me that name for or whatever? <laughs> but I actually later found out from another person I know that they were with a woman at one time, and they know this other woman, and had also been with that other woman. Well, I hadn't actually been with that other woman in that way. But, but uh, they had actually been with that other woman, and when they were with a woman, that other woman, which is the same woman that came into the body of the woman I was with, had come into their woman's body. Wow. The same person. So that was validation for me, even though I don't really need validation. I know I'm not hallucinating. I mean, these things are real. I know that by now. Uh, but this other person had the same exact experience involving the same exact third party. And so there's so much more going on under the surface than we have any idea. And, you know, most people are asleep to most of what is real and actual, you know, to, just to, they're, they're just not aware of reality, true reality as it really is. They're more living in an illusion world. Uh, which is what the, the physical world is to a high degree and in many ways. All right, then. So we had a 
we always are out of hours, so we're going to have to do another one. We always get some good interviews. Anything you want to leave the listeners with before we head out? Uh, no, just if you liked anything you hear or if you need more money in your life, just pop over to James, G-O-I-J-R.com and get a free copy of uh, a free PDF copy of Attract Money Forever and sign up for my uh, free monthly Mind Power and Money Zine. And so if you'd like to connect with me, that's a good way to, to get and stay connected with my mailing each month to you. Popolitikin.com.